0: Lifestyle. I greatly appreciate you for listening to another episode. Got a special, different kind of episode today. Instead of uh, the usual going into the gun gear news interviews and gun culture and all that good stuff, we have an interview with Ethan from Live Free Armory. Live Free Armory, uh, we've had on before, along with Ethan, to talk about the amp. Uh, but now we have Ethan coming on to talk about some cool stuff that Live Free Armory is coming on. Uh, or coming out with, I should say. Uh, it is some cool stuff. It's some stuff that I'm really interested in, so that's why I wanted to have Ethan come on. And Ethan has always been a good person to talk with, uh, and our interview went really long, which is kind of why I'm making it its separate episode. And it's also kind of the uh, new podcast that we're doing. We're going weekly instead of bi-weekly from now on. So I am looking forward to putting out more content for everyone to listen to. Uh, So with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the house rules before we get into the main segment of the interview. So if you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. That is the best way to keep up with us uh, whenever we come out with new episodes. Also go ahead and hit the uh, rate button, if you can on Spotify, it's just an easy star system. So you can hit, you know, five stars. If you really like the podcast on Apple podcast, if you're listening to us on Apple, <clears throat> we really appreciate the five stars, but also please leave us just like a one sentence review. Uh, you know, you could say like good podcast, great gun podcast, something like that. Uh, that's kind of what, uh, helps us, be pushed out to other people whenever they're looking for gun related content on their podcast platform so i greatly appreciate that go ahead and check us out on social media we are everywhere to a lifestyle uh, also if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support us we do have a patreon anything you guys give us it goes directly into this podcast so i greatly appreciate anything that you can give us uh, you can check us out there at 2A Lifestyle Podcast. And with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the main show. I'm going at nurses and doctors and dentists. You started i in I told you we with it. My word is like gold in my city. I tell them to go, they gon' get it. I heard that you froze when they hit it. Putting these hoes in the business, you know that you trick I tell them no, they gon' listen. No, I need niggas be sweet and some bitches. I'm different. She's trying to leave me, I'm low down. I ain't with savage, you don't bring a whole round. I'm going bougie, I'm switching my profile. All of my cars get delivered with no mouth. All right, so I have Ethan from Live Free Armory on the podcast. Uh, Ethan, if you just tell a little bit about yourself, for those that don't know, uh, we've had Ethan on before when we've had uh, discussed about the amp uh, from last year's SHOT Show, uh, which was basically a uh, metal-framed Glock-like clone, which actually took the, the Gen 3 parts, right? Correct. All right, so uh, we've had him on before, and Live Free Armory has done some pretty cool things with that. But we brought Ethan back on to talk about some new stuff going on with uh, Live Free Armory. So, Ethan, just talk a little bit about yourself and, and uh, what got you into the firearms game and what you do in the firearms game now. So, uh, I'm the lead
1: engineer, uh, at or just lead design and manufacturing engineer for Live Free Armory. So, basically, I come up with it, I figure out how to make it, and then we... Uh, I got a I got a small team around me that helps uh set up programs and whatnot. But we get it all made, checked, and then put it in production. So um yeah, well that's that's what I do at Lift Free Armory. Um, I'm kind of the mad scientist of the group, kinda of think up crazy ideas. Um the uh Pro Comp was one of mine. Uh if you haven't seen that slide yet, it's actually really cool. Uh and uh as far as firearms i mean i was in the army a long time ago went to uh went to engineering school on gi bill actually started as an intern at lift Free Army, running a machine because they let me work at nights, and i would work all night making slides then go to school in the morning uh and go to school all day and then come back and work all night and only get a couple hours of sleep in between but once i actually graduated from University of Central Florida with my mechanical engineering degree, I uh was able to go and start as a design engineer for them and that's kinda grown into the role of being the lead engineer uh and managing the engineering team.
0: Awesome. So what did you do in the army? Is did that like translate like were you like a armor? I don't know the I can't remember the MOS for what that was in the Army. No man, I was a scout.
1: So like I just like shooting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. so i was a scout i went to dmr school back in the day so that's designated marksman training um sniper slots for scouts are actually kind of hard to get uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i did a lot of that kind of stuff in the army but outside i was a scout and then i was actually reclassified at the very end of my career but i never got to go to training to counter uh, when i actually the reason i got out of the army is i, I was hit by a uh, drunk driver on a motorcycle and tore me up pretty good, so I couldn't stay in the Army. They actually kicked me out for medical reasons because I couldn't walk correctly uh, and then actually, two years ago, I had my ankle finally fused. And I can actually get around a little bit better so yeah, we uh I couldn't stay in, which that that kind of sucked, and it it changed my career path is originally, I was gonna go do a uh, police officer, and uh, I couldn't do that anymore because I couldn't run, yeah. So that's what switched me to engineering.
0: So, uh, and this is something that's kind of interesting because uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about this and I guess maybe it's a little bit uh, different route than you went, but I I guess when you were talking about it, I just want to talk about it briefly, especially for those that are like wanting to get into the firearms industry. And a lot of people think that you got to take like gunsmithing classes from like SDI, or you got to do like an apprenticeship with like an old you know um gunsmith uh but you uh you know you said you got it in mechanical you know you got your degree in mechanical engineering and that you um uh, you know started working for Liberty armory just as like a machine operator and then once you graduated you uh moved on to the engineering uh that's it's pretty interesting is that kind of like what most people are, are doing. Cause uh, a lot of people that I, I know that in are in the gun industry, they, you know, they say exactly that. They say, don't get like, don't bother getting uh, like a degree from SDI. Or if you know that that's your thing and you just wanna kind of like tinker with guns, not really get into the gun industry um, or, you know, do like an apprenticeship. They say like, you know, really get uh, like a trade certification for machining or the mechanical engineering side of things and that's the best way to get into the gun industry. What 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 is your thoughts on that? Yeah, so actually 90% of shit, it's probably higher than
1: that. Probably 95% of my shop was not in the industry before they started working at my shop. And probably about 85% of them did not have any machining experience whatsoever. So, yes, uh those CNC uh, one of our community colleges right here by me offers it cnc like a beginner or certification AA certification Um, that stuff's great what we care about especially at lift free armory i'll teach you everything you need to know i just need a hard worker that's going to show up and that's been Mm. increasingly hard over the last two years to actually get my hands on was somebody that was going to care about making good parts and show up on time be willing to learn my thing is like you could go work literally anywhere um in the gun industry i kind of fell into this this job funny enough um they were they were the whole reason i even got the internships i actually kind of met one of the former uh he's retired now the old the owner one of the owners of lift Your armory um kind of by happenstance and he goes oh wait you know guns and you're in a mechanical engineering degree program I'm like come on over I was like, all right, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's more to me, what I've seen it's more about hard work and having a good base, whether that be some kind of even just, just showing up on time. Cause a lot of my guys that I've been teaching, you know, d- teaching setups and, and how to program these machines, um, they, they started out just as a line worker, pressing, pressing the green button and loading machines. So, to me, it's all about uh, uh, work ethic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I just always thought that was kind of interesting because a lot of people, uh, like, you know, they they see their dream job as, you know, like, you know, making the stuff on the line, you know, from like start, you know, from a bare metal stock to, you know, finished firearm or uh, making up the designs and and stuff like that. Uh, uh, And I just thought that was pretty interesting, especially since you brought that up. I thought a lot of people might want to be interested in learning how to get into the firearms industry, Um, especially, you know, like people that are just getting out of the military or they are, uh, you know, and starting getting that college age, you know, what they want to do. Uh, So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So. It also, you know, we've talked about uh, Live Free Armory before and, uh, you know, last time we talked, I believe, you know, you said like the amp was kind of like your baby, but you guys are starting to get into some new things. Uh, tell me about that.
1: So, yeah, we're we're getting, uh, we're, we're exploring whole new worlds at Live Free Armory. So, uh, I guess I'll start from oldest to newest. Uh, that's probably the best way to do this. So, we did this little, uh, it's a slide. I designed it. Uh, actually, one weekend I was I was kind of going a little crazy, and I I ran out to the machine and made it. I just made it and tested it. Uh, so that's called our Pro Comp slide. So what that is is it's a uh, it's a slide that's compatible with your G19 parts. So your G19 barrel, spring, um, all the back end and sight parts, but it's got a built-in compensator on the front end making in a G-17 overall link. So we found that reduction in uh, muzzle flip is about 40%. And as soon as I make those slides, they don't stay in my inventory very long. So yeah, the uh, the Pro Comp slide, that was a quick little project I did just as a, that was one of my mad scientist moments. I'm like, I, I wonder if I can do this because a lot of times we get a lot of customers that are in states that aren't as free and they can't even own a threaded barrel um to put a compensator on so that that's the that was last that was about halfway october ish that i came up with that and then we debuted at the ib 88 shoot actually the prototype was out there and then i refined the prototype from there a little bit to add a little bit more uh downforce uh on the uh on the recoil impulse and now that that one's out for sale Uh, It's been out for a few months now. I had a lot of really good feedback from uh, customers on that one. Well, about, I'd say about October of last year, we started messing around with, we wanted to make a PCC. So what we came up with is, uh, we call it the Challenger. Uh, It's a nine millimeter carbine, uh, all billet, free float, uh, 15 inch handguard with 16 inch barrel. The reason we went with the long barrel is because of the the mess with the atf trying to uh get rid of braces we really didn't know how that was going to go so we just stuck with the 16 inch barrel from time uh kind of let that suss itself out um Mm. the msrp on that guy is actually 679 for a complete rifle um wow so yeah it does really well we we've added a lot of technology and a lot of capability to live Free armor over the last year, year and a half. Uh, so we make it we, we we can make our own barrels for rifles. Um, we're just getting that line turned on. Uh, we buy the we buy barrels when we have to, but we're working on the, uh, the actual rifle barrels uh, right now. I've got samples that are going to customers and testing through accuracy and all that. Uh, so I'm a, I make make my own rifle barrel, which opens up a whole other world for me, uh, messing with rifle links and gas systems, and doing all that stuff. Uh, uh, it's gonna have it has our bolt in it, so we made that bolt in house because we found out that it's actually kind of hard to find a reliable supplier of nine millimeter bolts uh, for PCCs in an AR platform. So we had to make our own bolt, uh, and then. We always do bill it upper and lower because it's it's not necessarily cheaper to do it that way. we that's just what we're we're used to. So that's just what we do. We're set up for it, so it's not a big deal to to switch the program and just just mm-hmm. pump those out. Um, and then we make the our own handguard in-house out of the extrusion I designed. So we're able to keep our prices low because we're controlling as many of the processes as I, as possible. So I you know, I make the barrel your, your barrel, your bolt, and your trigger are your most expensive parts in an AR. It's just how it is. Um, so I've got barrel and bolt. Um, I'm working on the side, of uh, some other things that, that third expensive thing in the AR, I'm working on that. I'm trying to figure out how to make it myself. Um, it's a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be, but it's, it's yeah. fun. Um, So we're we're trying to keep the price down because you know we're in a pretty bad recession right now and you got to keep you got to keep the prices down so the value is there for the customer. So that's 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 the uh, in launch process right now. So I'm trying to finish up uh, getting uh, my numbers up on the. uh, So we we tend to have this thing where we uh, bring out a product and We need to have 8,000 of them sitting there, but we only have 500, and then those 500 are gone and we're playing catch-up. So uh, we're working on
0: improving the inventory on that one. Um, Trying to stay on the Celtic model of doing business. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard (laughs) because, like, just
1: material costs over the last year, year and a half, material costs is up, like, 200%. It's crazy how expensive everything, like, steel and aluminum have gotten uh, so it's hard for a small company like us to just have three hundred thousand dollars worth of aluminum or steel just chilling there, in the form of uh, uppers and lowers. And we have to pay taxes on inventory every year. You know, tax man has got to go get his. So it's it's mm-hmm. hard to maintain that stuff. A small company. We only have about a hundred hundred and twenty employees. So. We're very small in the grand scheme of things as far as big gun, gun and And then uh, the last thing is we're in uh, uh, pre-production prototyping. So when I say pre-production, I mean, I got prototyping, tolerancing, uh, data gathering, testing, and all that. Uh, that's where we're at at the, it's called the Apollo 11. So uh, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, the naming scheme, there's uh we're we, we live on the space coast so the rocket goes off in the backyard we sit at the shop watch rockets go off uh, so there's kind of a theme developing yeah the challenger and we they follow up it so. mm-hmm. uh it also helps that uh, i think staccato actually trademarked eleven a couple years ago so they did yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, we should probably stay away from the 2011 thing. I didn't even realize that they had pat- or trademarked it, so I was like, okay. But it, uh, we're calling it the Apollo Eleven. Um, so that's going to be your double stack nine mil, uh, 2011 style of firearm. Um, we've got a prototype. It it kind of works right now. I've got actually next week is my big week on messing with. Uh, reliability and getting all of the little details figured out for functionality, not necessarily for looks. Uh, so I always do functionality first, and then we go back and mess with the looks as we need to. Uh, we have the basic design laid out. Um, initial offering is actually going to have an aluminum. Uh, we're calling it a grip because uh, the ATF doesn't like it when I say things like FCU or, or mm-hmm. Yeah, so the frame would be the serialized component. A 2011 for everybody is 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 a double stack 1911 that has a two piece lower half. So what would be considered the frame is now in two pieces: the grip and a frame. So uh, the grip, the part that your hand interacts with on the initial offering, is probably going to be aluminum, uh, just because plastic molds are expensive and they take a while to get right. But I and I can prototype and work in aluminum in the meantime while we get our plastic side up. So we're gonna use. We've got. We've been in talks with a couple different magazine companies, but right now it looks like we're gonna go with the Checkmate uh type magazines for 2011. So it's gonna use a standard 2011 mag. You can get whatever off off the interwebs you want, but uh, that's the one that's gonna ship with. For right now um aluminum grip uh 17.4 uh hardened uh 17.4 frame so that way your rails are always uh they're they're gonna hold up they're gonna take that abuse and then 416 heat treated on the uh, slide itself we're okay. actually going to uh cut this gun from the factory for an rmsc so the reason we did that is because Holosun's coming out with that EPS to EPS carry, and both of those optics use the RMSC footprint for the 407K footprint. So that's that's the optic footprint we went with on that, and and uh, it's also going to be cut for 320 front and rear sights. Okay. So, it'll, it, we use 365s on the prototype, but they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same dovetail. Nobody really
0: cares. That's pretty cool. So, it's with the aluminum grip, what is the, the over, like the final weight? Uh,
1: I don't actually don't have the final weight on it yet, but it's, it's not a light gun. I will say that. I mean, it's probably, actually, I don't even know what, I don't even have a ballpark, um, to test with. Um, but the uh, the plastic grips obviously going to be a little bit lighter
0: well and that's one thing i was wondering because like staccatos like you know still aren't too light guns uh i think it's like 32 or 33 ounces um, overall and is the barrel length comparable like what's the the barrel length are y'all gonna have like a carry version are y'all gonna have like a uh like a uspsa like race gun version or is it just gonna come like one standard barrel length
1: so the nice thing about the 2011 is it is, it is modular to a, to a point. Um, so your, your frame and your grip, they don't care as what slide or barrel is on it. So we're actually going to have a, um, uh, full size. So that's your government five inch barrel situation. Uh, and then you're gonna, we're going to go with a, it's a, I believe it's commander. That's what they call it in the 1911 world. But that's your carry model, so it's a four and a quarter inch barrel um, on the on that as well. So we're gonna have a couple different models out there, and it's gonna be more of a modular system. The big the big hurdle I have to get past as an engineer right now is uh, 2011s. Generally speaking, are not mass production guns. Mm-hmm. They're usually hand fitted to a point or, you know, they, they, they go through and they fit the parts together. I'm trying to eliminate that out of the system, but maintain all of that. Cause I can't, I can't pay a dude that has been gunsmithing for 20 years to sit there and fit these guns together. That's not feasible for our business model. So I've got to make it where my machines are making the parts accurate enough To fit on the guns in like a drop, more of a drop-in type of scenario. You also got to remember we're we're used to Glocks, Mm. and and they they all drop together no matter what. So unless there's something like grievously wrong with your part, it'll all go together. So that's what that's the big challenge that we're looking at right now with it with that. And there's a there's about sixty three parts in a twenty eleven overall that's a lot of parts to keep your keep um, to manage so it's 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 not easiest task out there and we're generally speaking i'm one of the only guys at the shop that knows anything about 20 Uh, they're not it's not an easy task but we are looking at a uh late so we're saying quarter three to be uh, correct but quarter three means between june and like august time yeah
0: <clears throat> For now, now something I'm, I'm curious because like i you know <clears throat> i reached out to you in reference to the 2011s because i didn't make it to shot show but my buddy uh, uh uh michael uh mike from ratman media was at the shot show this year and uh he ran into y'all's booth and told me about the 2011s and that's mm-hmm. when i reached out and uh So, you know, I've, I've been looking at getting a staccato this year, but like, I really like what y'all guys do with the amp, uh, and, you know, talking with you before, like you're a cool dude. And, you know, anytime that like, I feel like I can have like more of a personal connection with the company, uh, like I feel just kind of like more cozy, you know, going to that company. Whereas, you know, instead of like talking to, you know, some like random customer service person uh like you know i feel like i can reach out to somebody from the company and say like hey like you know this is i'm having this issue or whatever um and you know when you have come up with the uh the pro comp for slide for you know glock slides is that something that you thought about maybe doing with the uh your your apollo 11s yeah so what i don't get to be a mad scientist on 2011s
1: until they are they're running good to go. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I can then I can do whatever craziness I I can I can what I generally do is come up with the idea, um present it to the boss like, hey, I want to do this and this is why, and then he'll either tell me yes or no, and then he'll go just go do it, and then I'll just go run it real quick and then see it looked it works awesome, sell it, he'll go cool and they'll hand it to the sales team and go sell it, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Takato they're very they're great great 2011 i would love to get one but none of my dealers around me carry them they have a very strange like dealer network setup like yes uh, the dealers have to buy five or six brand inventory every year they can't have more than two dealers within 90 miles of each other it's it's very strange setup and i get why they do that um uh, but they're they're a a very very they're the they're the top like you can't nobody could can tell me that anybody makes a better 2011 mass production 2011 than staccato they're the best out there um just the truth they've been doing it longer i used to live right next to staccato actually uh they're just okay. uh, they're in georgetown which right by foot so um then back then they were sdi but yeah, yeah like um they're they're amazing platforms. They actually do a comp barrel. Um, theirs is a little bit different. They built the comp into the barrel because you could do that on a uh, 1911 platform mm-hmm. uh, since the barrel feeds in from the front. Uh, so yeah, I I went and looked at some of their stuff at Shacho and they were like, oh, these are really nice. They're also expensive. <laughs> so and that's they, what I was gonna get to next. Yeah. Yeah. So my our projection we don't have a we don't have a hard number just yet,
0: but our projection is sub 1,000 on our hollow up And so like just to like compare it, so like a, st- a staccato P, which is kind of like the base model staccato, uh, w- to make it optic ready, like with what you're doing, you're looking at like twenty five hundred dollars. So yep. you're looking at like a hundred and f- like a hundred. I'm terrible at math. I tell my kids I cheated on my calculus test in high school i still made a c uh, but like you're looking at like 150 percent more than what your base option is
1: yeah my personal 2011 i have a ds9 uh 2011 from masterpiece arms that was about three grand yeah so like and that's before you add the optics plate you know it, it comes cut for an optic but not really they're using the accuracy x system But, uh, and that thing runs crazy good. Like it's super accurate. It actually makes action shooting not as fun because they're so accurate and fast and flat shooting. So, uh, like we were, funny enough, I was at a match like, uh, it was November, not last November, the one before that. So November 21. I was at a match and at one of the stages, we, you, uh, two shooters would sit on the bed of a flatbed truck and the flatbed truck would take off down the road at about 15 miles an hour. And then you had steel targets you had to shoot while you were moving. <laughs> it oh, was kind of cool. cool. Um, I had that 2011 out, and I was like, oh, this is just way too easy. This isn't even fun. <laughs> so, that's, that's kind of one of the... I use my 2011 a lot at matches. That allows that style. Not all, not all match formats or types will allow for a 2011 mostly because of size and weight constraints, but I like mine. So that's, that's kind of part of the reason that we, uh, we ended up going with the Apollo 11. It's like, Hey, look at this. This is different. And then we started seeing like, uh, Springfield's got the prodigy, um, hell, savage even came out with a 2011 this year. i uh, not, excuse me, not 2011 and 1911. Let's yeah. That. Um, yeah, so, like, there definitely seems to be this wave building uh, in the industry about 2011s and 1911. It seems like it's, at least for this time being, back.
0: Well, and it seems like, you know, like, 2011s have been around since, like, literally, like, 2011. Like, that's, like, the reason that they came out was, like, for the 100-year anniversary for the, the 1911, and they tried to, you know, uh, offer, like, a... Uh, Like a a updated version of the 1911. It's actually not that true though, because the first patent on the 2011 was
1: filed in like '92.
0: Well, but I mean like mass market, you know. And I know like the double the double stack and everything like that has been around. It's actually been like the was it the uh, the Browning High Power or the FN High Power, whatever you want to call it. Like that was like you know John Moses Browning like updated version to his 2011 really. Uh, but the, you know, the, the 2011, as we know it today, like really started getting pushed hard, uh, around, you know, like I said, 2011 and then, um, uh, but like, it's always almost like the unattainium for like the average gun owner, because they just, you know, it's hard for them to justify dropping. I think like when they first were coming out, like it was around like that three grand mark. And then like, we just talked about like the staccato without without even just the the optic cut to you know it's like twenty two hundred dollars i think uh so i mean it's that's a huge investment for most people and you had springfield come out with their uh prodigy and the uh reviews you know came out great but like once actually people started you know putting you know buying it themselves like that's when you started seeing all the issues for the failure to feeds. And I think failure to ejects is, is the main issues that people are having. Uh, and you know, that's one thing like you're saying, you know, for 2011s, you know, for them to, it's, you know, what people are, are starting to hopefully, what people are starting to see, but hopefully not be true is to get that fit and finish to where it's going to run flawlessly. Like you need almost like the dedicated gunsmith to get it going because like Staccato has like a 90 or 120 day lead time uh, if you order a gun. Um, But, you know, if you want it to like kind of not necessarily mass produce it, but like not have to, you know, spend one gunsmith on that one gun to get it to, you know, that working order to where it runs flawlessly, that's when you're going to have that price. So that's what you guys are trying to do by making it, you know, mass, kind of mass producible 2011s, but not have the issues that the Springfield is having with theirs?
1: Yeah, so the big thing that I've noticed with the Springfield Prodigy is actually it's a magazine issue. Their gun's actually really solid once the magazine is corrected. But, uh, so what I've seen, I don't have one, I've and I haven't, you know, I haven't shot them myself, but what I've seen as far as reviews and stuff goes like guys are like oh i just threw a staccato magazine and it runs great i'm like oh something's up with their magazine and that's going to be the hardest one of the bigger challenges for us is verifying and making sure that these magazines are right uh the biggest issues i've seen with 2011s have been magazine related uh even my ds9 has had hiccups with a magazine that wasn't necessarily bent right or the spring had been weakened a little bit over time and at the very beginning it didn't like to run full mags because the springs weren't broken. So <laughs> there was there was a lot of I'm 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 actually super worried about the magazine not, not performing correctly. Um, but that's kind of part of the reason we're going with the checkmates, because checkmate they make a lot of different mags for a lot of different companies. There's only one magazine company I'd put in front of them and they're kinda of hard to get your hands on really uh metgar would probably be my uh, my if, if it goes it, to me it goes with metgar and then checkmate and uh what's the other one mag and all those guys the checkmate makes a lot of mags for a lot of different companies as far as uh handguns go so i'm hoping that uh, that'll work out i've got a bunch of checkmate magazines that i've got to start testing and making sure that they're good to go um uh, but that's that's one of my bigger concerns is the magazine. Uh, second biggest concern right now, as I'm going through this pro this design and prototype process and everything, is uh, trigger weight. Like what? How how light is too light? You know? <laughs> yeah. I could I yeah I could make a gun that's got a two pound trigger. It was funny enough my my masterpiece arms came with a two pound and out trigger. Um, does everybody need that? Me personally, I like about a four, four and a half pound trigger on just about everything except for my bolt guns. Uh, my bolt guns are sub three pounds, probably closer to two. But uh, everything else, I kind of, I kind of like that four and a half, five pound range. So that's that's a big question that we we're trying to get figured out is how light is too light. So like what 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 weight trigger would you like to see on it? You know. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, like personally, like that three and a half to four pounds is kind of like my sweet spot. Uh, but like, you know, mo- it's mostly like four, uh, fr- from what I, you know, if I had aftermarket triggers to my firearms, is that, is that mm-hmm. like that four is that sweet spot? Um, just because of the fact that like you do see, like, especially like when I'm running a range <clears throat> and you see these guys that will try and, and put like these you know, this race shit on their firearms to make it look cool. And so that way they got like the coolest Gucci shit on their firearms. And, you know, if they're not trained well enough, you know, as soon as they uh, pull out that first shot that they always, you know, throw away the fuck off just because they weren't ready, you know, for the trigger to break, but because they have such light triggers, you know, that first shot just goes off wild. So yeah. that's, that's why I say, like, that four-pound is probably that sweet spot.
1: Yeah, I like a good – I'm a big fan of, like, two-stage-type triggers on everything but a <laughs> yep. bolt gun. So, like, I like that take-up. I could sit on that wall, and I can line my sight up and do all that, like, or refine my uh, sight picture and then let the trigger break uh, consistently every time. So I, I'm a big fan of uh, two-stage triggers, which, you know – by their nature, they kind of are already. There is a little bit of take-up before you hit the wall. Um, I think you could like, out like, but I like a little bit of take-up from the wall so I can get my sights right where I exactly where I want them to be. Um, and then I can, you know, hold that and then break it down. So that's yeah. just my personal preference. Like all my ARs have two-stage triggers on them. Uh, most of my Glocks have some, it's not truly a two-stage trigger. On a Glock, but it's got that wall that I like to sit at, and then uh, the only ones that don't are my bolt guns. And bolt guns, I just I use single stage, super light, crispy triggers, so you don't want to take up winter. Oh.
0: yeah, yeah. You like yeah, absolutely. And that's something I'm I'm hoping to get more into. Like I've, you know, I've got like a a 22. I got two 22 trainers, uh, just because you know in Florida's probably like a little bit different, but like in Alabama, like there's just really nothing past like a hundred yards, uh, for bolt gun shooting around here. Like you'd have to go, Come on, up- man, you go to Altus. Well, uh, well, you know, we got CMP right up the road at, uh, Talladega. Uh, but yeah. just man, just with work and, and, uh, kid, you know, I got four kids total, uh, like two just got done with basketball season. Now we're like three kids in the soccer season. It's just, like, no fucking time to, to get into it and, and get in, you know, the investment. Especially, like, when I – the investment is the real thing because, like, I'm really into handgun shooting. So, like I said, I've been wanting to get uh, a 2011 and was looking at the Staccato. So, I was like, all right, this is, like, what I'm saving my pennies for. But talking about the magazine, so, like, uh, how many magazines initially is going to come with the Apollo 11?
1: Right now, it's going to be one those mags are expensive and they're not cutting us a break on those very well I got you how much I want but um, uh, if we can get some you know better numbers it's so it all depends on how well the market takes into takes on the uh, the gun right now I've got a lot of really good interest we haven't finalized uh, how many magazines is going in it but uh, that's more of a business decision and that's my boss does that part. Uh, you know, between one or two bags, and then like, you know, what bag is it going to come in? How's it going to be presented to the customer? Um, I'm a big fan of Savior. Uh, those guys take care of us in the past. Our amps come in Saviors. Um, so what I was going to, uh, what what I was trying to do is work with him, with a uh, Savior. Uh, him, I mean Chris, the guy that owns Savior. Um, but work with uh, those guys over there, and and get like a, a nice little bag, like. Cause so the amps come in like a range bag almost. So it's kind of like, a, it's an added value and I'm, I'm, I'm all about adding value. So that, that, that ancillary stuff will, uh, will kind of come as it comes a little bit closer to the summertime. And we're mm-hmm. wrapping up testing. Um, the big thing that we're looking at is like pure reliability, buildability. Ugh, when I say buildability, you can even say it. buildability. So, like my my assembly team is not going to come try to like stab me in the engineering room because they can't put together my gun. Like, I don't want I don't want to put those guys through hell when they're trying to build a gun. So, trying to make yeah. it where you can actually assemble it. Uh, and you know we got to hold very tight tolerances on something. So, uh, you know, like big thing on a 2011 is the rails uh, where the slide and the frame. Are intermingling and, and riding on. If you don't hold tight tolerances on the rails, you're never gonna have an accurate gun. <laughs> like that's where it, that's where it starts is the rails. So they, they've got to be smooth. They got to be tight tolerance So my focus is just making the best part possible right now, and then uh, we'll tweak it as we build. We're probably gonna end up building about a hundred of these before the public ever sees them. You know, and going through and say hey i need to open this up a little bit or i need to tighten this down a little bit um there's a lot of little things actually handguns are harder than rifles to build uh in my opinion there's just a lot of intricacies and in that you're very dependent on the recoil system and the recoil spring um you don't do your calculations right on that it's gonna it'll it'll, it'll kill your gun it'll make it a jam we call a jam o um we we're, we're, we we learned a lot of hard lessons in the last year and a half, and we're we're trying to apply those to this new
0: angle. Uh And uh, so, and I guess just kind of going back, just trying to get like one thing done before going to the next thing. So like, the, it's gonna come with one magazine, and you're looking for like a good like gun range bag for it to come with. Um, I know. That the like staccato mag is like sixty bucks a piece or seventy bucks a piece really. Uh, if you're looking like the twenty plus the twenty twenty round capacity in magazines, what is the additional magazines going to cost for? And you, I know you said that it could pretty work with all twenty eleven magazines, but like, are you guys going to be selling extra magazines uh, to go along with it if you wanted to, or would you have to go to a third party site?
1: Uh, I, I believe we're going to end up having to. I think we're gonna have to have uh, them listed on our site as well. Uh, right now, we're just looking at the 17 round magazines. Uh, I know there's a 21 round mag that they make that it's not flush fit; it sticks out a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're just looking at the 17s right now. What uh, what uh, the big thing is like they don't they don't really cut anybody a break on those. There's not a lot of meat in a magazine as far as yeah. the retailer goes. <laughs> so uh yeah they are expensive comparatively like so you know we have the mag we we supply the mag full p mags with a lot of with almost actually all of our guns uh come with p mag um except for the the, the apollo 11 is going to have to have its own magazine so it's it's a little bit uh different than we're used to in the plastic mag world but right now it's one mag 17 rounds um I believe we're going to have to put an option on the website for it. But yes, it does have cross compatibility with uh, other 2011 magazines. And that's by design. Like nobody likes to be stuck in one magazine. Oh, it only works with this guy's magazine. That is a fast way to kill a gun. Yep. Uh, And we, in engineering room, we, we talk about this a lot. Magazines will make or break a firearm. Hands down. Like, that's why a lot of people go with Glock mags or Sig mags or mags that are already established in the market because, one, magazines are hard to design. Um, they're stamped sheet metal or molded plastic or some variation of the, those two things. Uh, and then you have spring weights and followers and all that stuff that has to go into it too. So I'm trying not to reinvent the wheel. I'm trying to use what's already out there so that the end user has options on their magazine.
0: That's yeah. And and you're, you're exactly right. I mean, because especially like, you know, and that's one reason why I, I hate getting into like the rifle portion of it, just because especially if you're wanting to get into like a, like a long range rifle, like there's so many good manufacturers out there, but like they have their own mags and then the mags are like, you know, 50 bucks sometimes like i I remember whenever the ruger gun site came out i thought that was like a really cool fucking gun but the the mags were like 50 bucks and i was just like you know i just don't see like the need to like get an extra magazine for like 50 bucks and you know uh, um that's why a lot of people uh go for like with pccs and whatnot they stick with like glock mags or uh you know certain people stick with like ar mags and stuff like that just because of the fact that they're so plentiful and so cheap uh now in regards to the apollo 11 um <clears throat> is in i know we've kind of talked a little bit beforehand So, like you're talking about maybe there might be like a polymer version available lately or after or not lately after like the initial release
1: yeah so um uh the initial at least for my prototyping and the very first ones off the line are going to have aluminum grips and once again the grip is the part that interferes with your hand um it's going to have aluminum we are working with a couple different companies to do the mold and to be able to offer the plastic grip as well so i can't do uh i we work in metal i don't work in plastic so um i have to depend on another company to do the plastic thing the nice thing about plastic is the overall like process it's fast um you get them relatively quickly uh the upfront cost on plastics is very high i mean we're talking over a hundred thousand dollars for you know mold and analysis and all that stuff um so the upfront cost on plastic is very high, but your per part, uh, cost is very low. So over time you get that money back, but that upfront investment's kind of hard uh, for us, at, you know, at least right on a brand new project that we just announced, you know, like, so there's a plan for both. Uh, it will have interchangeability. So if you don't like, Say, say you got the plastic one. You're like, I kind of want to switch this out for a metal one for my match tomorrow. There will be that interchangeability there because they're all going to be based around the same like geometries. So that's big thing with me. I love modularity, Um, being able to switch parts and components as you see fit for whatever you're doing. Uh, All of my guns have that. have that that piece of it so that's what that's what I focus on a lot of time is modularity and user uh, ability
0: and so when you're talking about modularity so like what kind of um like upgrade like so say for example if somebody want to like upgrade a spring or upgrade a trigger uh like what um compatibility on parts would this work for if somebody wanted to make those like kind of upgrades.
1: So um now the trigger uh from what I've learned over the last I've been working on this for what six seven months now? Um the trigger is one thing. So the trigger is it's a twenty eleven style trigger. They're all basically the same. Uh as far as the bow and everything. So the the sheet metal piece and then you have the aluminum trigger shoe itself um those are that's all the same pattern so you, you can get whatever for that um the ignition system in the back of the gun so like your hammer hammer strut uh disconnector sear and all the pins involved with that those are all going to be series 70 1911 parts at okay. least for right now so if you wanted to switch your hammer out you can uh I will say, if you go to any other company stuff, there will be minor fitting that may happen. That's merely a little disclaimer, um, because what I'm doing and what I found out is, uh, while I was doing my initial research on this uh, a couple more, few months ago, um, nobody, no one company, outside of like Colt, 60 years ago, makes every single part or has prints for every like. There's no like everybody does it their own little bit different way. Um, When I started diving into stuff and I was like, well, why is this one like this and this one like this? But they're both series 70. Um, As I kind of dove into this, everybody does it a little bit differently. What I'm trying to do is basically create um, the system in its most truest form. So, that means going all the way back to the the fifties and sixties, way back. You know, yeah, you know, I know the nineteen eleven was made nineteen eleven, but um, I'm going back. You know, sixty seventy years in trying to find reliable data uh, that was the original uh, version of this gun over the the nineteen eleven, because a lot of these parts are shared with the nineteen eleven. You got to think about twenty eleven. If you don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So. There's a lot of commonality in uh, nineteen eleven parts. Uh, as far as the spring and guide rod go, you could do uh, whatever you wanted to. Um, there's actually a, uh, at the office right now. There's there's a there's two differing thoughts on the um, barrel I should go with. So I designed it. To take the bull, that big monster barrel. You, you ever look at Staccato? It's got that yep. thick barrel on the front. I love that thing. So I'm like, we're going thick on the barrel because I like it. And there's some people are like, well, we should put a bushing system in it. And the other people are like, no, one piece guide rod. Everybody's got their own opinion. So mm-hmm. uh, we're we we're, we're still we're still not uh, completely hammered out. I will say, as the design engineer, I only designed the uh, bull barrel <laughs> so we'll have to uh we'll have to come across that bridge when we get to it uh as far as the guide rod system i mean i'm going with a uh one piece guide rod it is pretty much standard one piece guide rod stuff i mean it's the, the 2011 as far as i can tell now nobody likes to share their secrets with me um as far as I could tell 2011 guide rods are 2011 guide rods. And they're actually very close to 1911 guide rods. Cause if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Just the, the spring weights are different. Now staccato uses, this is, this is where the muddies get the waters get a little muddy because if you look at the staccato, it uses this like quick takedown system where they like flick it with their thumb and a piece falls down and then it captures the spring. So you can take it all apart easier. Um, that is obviously patented, <laughs> so I didn't even bother looking it up. It was like, somebody definitely has a patent on that, so I'm not even going to bother. Um, but then I got to looking at, I think, actually, Dawson Precision has done a lot of work for a lot of companies in 2011s. And every th- every time I go diving into like a singular component, I always end up back at Dawson Precision. If you ever never mess with their components, they're high quality. Uh, I've used a lot of their sites, actually, on 2011s i heard you. a lot of good things. Yeah. I feel like Dawson Precision is doing a lot more than everybody's saying they're doing or admitting to that they're doing. Because, like, you look at their website, they have all these parts. And they're like, oh, we made it. Like, that's, that's funny because there's a lot of companies in the gun world that may say they make everything, but they don't make shit. Yep. And kind of why, Mike, that's why we exist. Like, as live Free Army, I've made parts for over it's probably over 200 companies like you know my business model is not just live free armory parts components and guns that's a very small piece actually like we we have 100 machines that we're running all day every day that are not making components for me <laughs> so like we, we do a lot of oem manufacture um but it's a lot of glock slide stuff and, that market, thanks to the ATF, has kind of gone a little stagnant due to the uh, frames and receivers' rules that they put in place. Yep. A few ago. So it, it feels like, at least from my perspective, that the ATF's just trying to like put businesses to the ground because you got Ethical Tactile. <laughs> going to be greatly affected by this, uh, this brace band thing that they're trying to push through. That company's going, if they, if they don't win, they're not going to exist after. (laughs) There's no reason for them to exist anymore. So the ATF to me is, is directly affecting the business.
0: I don't think that's to you. I think that's everybody. I mean, that's, it's fucking clear. Yeah. Between, between that. And then also all the rules and stuff that they're trying to do against FFLs. That's that, you know, they realize that they can't, um, you know they can't take away the rights from the end user so what they're doing is they're going from the middleman you know they're yeah. trying to affect the companies and the dealers
1: oh yeah it's 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 a little bit excessive um funny enough we 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 were looking at this and we're like it, it's it, it's scary when you know your paycheck is involved and like the way that you pay your bills at the house and like it's some government entity and you're like, this is going to affect me. And I don't know if it's going to be good or bad or whatever, but something is going to happen because they decided that they don't like this anymore. And it's scary. To, at least from my perspective uh, as an employee, you know, I'm like, Oh shit, what do I got to do to make this, t- to be able to, we got to worry about it. What's going to happen now is, and I've had a lot of customers go out of business I mean, between the recession, between all these rules and, and like, they're trying to, what was that one guy? There was a, I can't remember the, it was like P80 or something, something yep. like that. He
0: well, was, like, a, he was an online
1: retailer that just sold parts for p eighties and they ATF like raided him. And it was, it was a whole Like, it was like looking at that guy and I'm like, Oh Lord, like what's going on? I mean I've probably had a handful of customers in the last year go out of business just because of the ATF. And it's it's pretty serious at least from my perspective. It's Like I'm making parts for all these different companies. You know, even if I lose 10% to going out of business, I'm like, oh shit, like that's that's kind of scary. So <laughs> we we have to worry about this kind of stuff. Mhm.
0: So in in regards to I think that's pretty much everything. But like, what is something that Live for at least the Apollo 11? Like, what is something that Live Free Armory is doing with the Apollo 11 that you think stands out above, uh, like the other people uh, that are making like 2011s nowadays, like Staccato or Springfield? Because you know Staccato's got the the higher end market, and then Springfield tried to break into the lower end market. Uh, what is, what is something that you feel that live free armory is doing to separate the Apollo 11 from those, those two?
1: Yeah. Uh, so big thing is value. I mean, it's not, we're not worlds away in price from the prodigy, but I mean, 500 bucks is 500 bucks. So, you know, take that for what it is. Uh, big thing that I always was, and I won't budge on a lot of stuff is parts compatibility on with the outside market that already exists. And holster compatibility. Now that's a big thing. Uh, uh, with the last handgun I made, uh, people were always like, Oh, it doesn't work with my holster. And I'm like, what kind of holster are you using? So every holster I put it in works. Um, yeah, there is there is always going to be a little bit of, uh, of that onesie z like, Oh, it didn't work with this one. Like, My bad I didn't check the 1 million different types of holsters holster compatibility my goal for holster compatibility is anybody that makes a 2011 holster now it'll work with my gun that's one of the things that has to be met because like magazines holsters will kill guns so you have to have that that compatibility a uh, big thing with us is you don't have to buy an adapter plate to mount your optic it's a direct cut for the RMSC um there may be plans to do an adapter plate because the the 1911 slide is so narrow compared to a glock uh rmrs don't like to fit on them correctly so you have to have an adapter plate that actually makes it larger so you have the correct surface area to be able to drop your two holes um it'll come cut with our rmsc we're looking at um having a uh having a uh adapter plates you can mount rmrs and things of that nature like a little bit larger object that's too uh big thing with us we come with night sights premium night sights that's going to be standard on the gun so there, we do have a few little odds and ends that's just like the nitty-gritty part of it we um big thing that you know Everybody likes is we make it ourselves. It's made in Melbourne, Florida. As many parts as I can physically make that I have the capability of making, I make in Melbourne, Florida, uh, with American materials. Which that's a whole other shit uh, show. Getting your hands on good material, um, it was it was gone for a while. <laughs> like, you couldn't get any like 174 for a minute was like and it's still really high, but it got really hard to get. Uh, from American mills. So we have we work with a mill at least in Chicago, but uh, through our material supplier, they have help. And it's all we all all American stuff, all American labor, all American design. So and we're always looking to add value
0: And something else I, I just thought about. So uh, threaded barrels, just because and that's the, I, like one reason why I asked him about the pro comp for it. It's because I really do like a good comp that, you know, reduces that muzzle flip. Um, but I hate, and I, and I hate it with a passion. Like, I won't even run a comp if it doesn't look, like, aesthetically pleasing. You know, on, on the front of the gun, that's just kind of like my weird OCD-ness for my firearms. Um, like, what kind, is threaded barrels going to be an option in the future? Um, I would say yes, because, like
1: that's a thing we always end up selling is threading thread barrels. Like I make a lot of barrels too for blocks and about half of them are threaded. So, um, and all of my rifle barrels are threaded. So yes, yeah, so we've got that. Uh, yeah, we'll probably end up doing it at a later date. So we, as you can imagine with 60 different parts and a, in a brand new IP, oh, yeah, uh, we're going to have our hands full and I just, I cannot stress enough how badly I want to put out A bulletproof 2011 that is going to be if if I do that right if I put out a really nice 2011 for $7,000 I won't be able to make anything else because I'll be too busy making the parts for that (laughs) Yeah. so like it's a damned if you do damned if you don't situation like I'm always looking at okay so my initial launch is you know quarter three 2023 now I want to do what accessories am I gonna add in the next two months after that? What am I gonna look at for shop till next year? Uh so I'm always kinda of like trying to balance all that. Well, if you if you if you come out with something that's that's you know embraced by the industry or the customer base, I should say, um, you're gonna be you're gonna have a problem because you're gonna to need to either increase production or um, you're not going to be able to keep it in stock, and people are just going to start getting angry that they can't get their hands on. So, um, they, I have to pick my battles, but I think threaded barrels are definitely be on the uh, on the list of post-launch accessories.
0: And let's start talking a little bit about the Challenger. So, is the challenge the Challenger? Is it out yet or not? Uh,
1: it is. Um, so we we've we've shipped uh, as many as I could make in a very short period of time um we've shipped a bunch of them uh so i've got to go through we we've got to really tighten up uh production uh so like when we i can make anything right it'll take some time well once i get going on it then i can go back and go hey the spindle is the spindle in my mill machine is moving a little bit too much so i can eliminate time so i've got to tighten up production by making it more efficient um, but yes, we are shipping those. Um, uh, I didn't get to go, the guys went to uh, the gathering last weekend, um, and there was a lot of really good feedback from customers on that. We had a lot of good feedback at shot Show with Challenger, but the big thing billet aluminum AR PCC in nine millimeter for now, but we'll say 10 millimeter is best millimeter, and that might be something you may or may not be seeing in the next. What's that next event in Vegas? You know, that one. Um that would be fucking (laughs) awesome. That's so uh you know, I've been my my lead sales guy's been harping on me to like, hey, I really want this to be in different calibers. I'm like, God damn, dude, like, give me a minute. (laughs) I'm working (laughs) on some stuff. Um but uh yeah. Fill it upper and lower, sixty sixty one, T six aluminum. All made in America, all American materials. Uh, we make both um, The initial offering, we actually bought the barrels on those because we we don't have our barrel production on the nine mil barrels up quite yet. So uh, we have a another company we do a lot of work with that's local to us that makes really good barrels. Um, so we get we've gotten the nine mil barrels from him, but uh, yeah they run great. I've, I've never been a nine mil carbine guy until now. And it's, it's kind of strange to me. They're going to come with a Magpul or I think it, it's at least one, uh, Magpul P-Mag. But like I said, I don't make that decision. So I don't remember what it is. <laughs> I don't remember if they're doing two or one, but, um, yeah, so we, we designed that one. Um, that was actually a pretty quick, turnaround i mean from the time we decided to do it to the time we were in production through testing um pretty quick turnaround uh that is six uh is it 679 i believe for that gun That's not bad. yeah for a complete um a complete uh pcc 679 i believe is what what But uh, we have that. We also uh, brought in some uh, a couple of uh, budget type rifles. So we had our uh, AR-10 battle rifle, which is a sub $1,000 308. That came out last year around Shot Show time. Um, we also have our Battle light, which is the 5.56 version. That's starting at 649 for a billet upper lower. You know, with handguard and everything. Yeah, the uh, 308 battle rifle is 949, and then yeah, Challenger 679. So we we it's easier to make a high high value product that you can control the price a little better when you make everything involved with that weapon. So making the bolt, making the barrel, you know, making that stuff helps. And try and buying stuff, you know, you just don't want to buy that much stuff. That's just how it comes uh everybody's trying to make a buck and it's best if you can control the whole thing
0: well especially it's easier when you're trying not to like i guess like reinvent the wheel you know like there's tons of of uh, examples out there of you know decent you know pccs and battle rifles and and things like that but when but whenever you're looking at like a you know and correct me if i'm wrong like if you're looking at uh, a twenty eleven uh, you know, that's been done, but, you know, for the value that you like to, to give your customers, that's a little bit tougher because, you know, you see that, you know, Staccato makes them really well, but then you're looking at that price point. And that's something that you're trying to avoid to give the value to the customers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a very hard balancing act that I'm I'm trying to pull off, but. You know, like I said, I've got a good team around me. I've got a supportive uh, management uh, for the company, you know, between my general manager and the, the lead sales guy and the CEO. They're all supportive of of those decisions as well. So they, they're like, yes, make the best product, but we can't we can't charge four grand for it. Sorry. Like, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, we got to make it, but it's got to be a value part. Because uh, let's be honest, we're not a household name. We're not springfield you know or staccato or anything you know we we have to be able to bring that value proposition to the table and be like hey look at this this is a value option but it's not a cheap option if that if that statement even makes sense (laughs) like yeah it 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 does in my head at least um i mean i don't want to buy cheap stuff but i want to buy stuff that adds value yeah, you do not want kinda... not
0: one to break the bank, but you're also not trying to, you know, be pissed off and, like, have 20 piece of shit AR-15s, you know, like the, the usual meme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, that's, that's
1: – and that's just what we strive for as a company. I mean, yes, we want to be a household name, but at the same time, I don't want to sacrifice uh, my quality – of the parts or, you know, I don't want to put bad part products out there. I want to make good products that are high value that don't break the bank. Cause I remember, you know, five, six, seven years ago when I couldn't afford, I couldn't even afford a Glock. <laughs> you know, now it's like, Oh, I got 2011. Like oh, that's cool. But I mean, I'll mean, i never forget when I was in the army, I couldn't, you couldn't barely buy anything cause you didn't pay your shit. So yeah. Yeah yeah <laughs> so.
0: and then in regards to the challengers so um like what type of like what especially like pccs because it seems like the last two years it just everybody has been inundated with pccs uh in making them um what is something that is is different in regards to the challenger uh because like you see um you know like i said everybody's making pccs and you even got like smith and weston copying kiltex homework in in regards to their pcc uh like what because yours is like a traditional ar platform style pcc um i know it's like billet and a, especially like the price point um and what, what's different that sets the challenger apart
1: uh, one thing with the Challenger, uh, right off the rip is I have last round bolt hold open in it, which has been the bane of my existence nice, for the last yes, freaking months. So you you would think, oh, it's got to be easy to put it in there, it's really not because the last round bolt open feature in an AR 15, which is what this pattern off of, is in the back of the magazine, in the Glock magazine, it's at the front of the magazine. So I have to, I have to bridge that gap. somehow. Uh, That's actually been a a gigantic pain in my ass. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. the last bolt hold open, making the best one that was going to hold up good and everything. Anyways, um, and then tuning that thing because like, I don't know if you know this, but Glock mags and P mags are not the same. Yeah. (laughs) And like, you would get it tuned up. Like when we first were doing messing with them, we're like trying to like measure the angles and everything, and I tune it. And I throw a, G- a Glock mag in, and it would lock back every time. And I threw a P mag in, it would just be like, nah, dog, not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, goddamn, <laughs> like it was. That thing was pretty rough. Um, but the big thing is, like I said, last round hold open. There is it, the upper lower fit. Uh, I dialed that one in myself. It is very tight. So like. Getting those two upper and lower like together and apart like the pins drop in good, but there's no wiggle between the upper and lower. Um, mm-hmm. We're looking, you know, it's 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 very lightweight. They're very pointable, um, and outside of that, I mean that there it's just a PCC. <laughs> like, yeah. We're, we're always messing with things, trying to, like, make everything a little bit better, make everything a little bit more efficient. Uh, PCCs, they're kind of what you get. I mean, especially after, like, we do so much with gas guns. Now it's like, oh, it's a PCC. It doesn't even have a freaking gas. Tube. Like, it, it's very strange for me, at least, because I'm just like, where I'm used to building AR-15s, not, not PCCs. But, uh, yeah, that's the big thing is, you know, we're just been trying to be lightweight, trying to be a value. Uh, we do have five Cerakote colors like everything we make. Everything has five Cerakote colors except for the Apollo 11 only has three. <laughs> so, so
0: what, is the, what is the three for the Apollo 11?
1: So with the 2011s, we have to use what's called Elite coat. Elite Cerakote is weight thinner and it's tougher, but it's harder to apply. For our cerakoteers in the back, uh, we do that in-house as well. So for the interim, it's going to be three. It's going to be a like uh, it's it's called like elite titanium, but it's very close to tungsten. It's a little bit lighter. Um, and then there's flat dark earth and black. So those are all-
0: Man, I was I was hoping to hear that O D G. You know that that ranger green O D G something.
1: They uh elite. Cerakote has a jungle green now for you I'd paint you one like in jungle green but it's a very you remember uh, I call it we used to call it forest green in the army you look at like ACUs that green that was in it it, the jungle is a little bit lighter but OD doesn't exist in the coat yet but that's going to be the initial offering and then we got two Two models there's does they get the full size but same grip different wide barreling
0: but that's pretty sweet man that's that is really awesome uh so like i know you said you've been working on the the apollo 11 for about like seven months about how long have you been working on the challenger
1: uh the challenger a little bit longer but it's one of those uh uh, I, have to, I have to provide a lot of engineering support to our other customers. So, like, our OEM-style customers, like, hey, they're like, hey, we don't know why this doesn't work, and then I have to fix it. So, I get pulled a lot of different directions. It works. Um, so, the Challenger, we probably started working on that in, like, oh, uh, I don't know, probably, like, August. Of so, probably, probably about the same, pretty close to it, plus or minus a month
0: okay and so so i know it seems like you're on the downhill slide for the the apollo 11 and i'm sure like i know you're talking about like mad scientists like i'm sure you probably are already thinking about the next project is there anything that you would like to to do next
1: oh there's a bunch of stuff i'd like to do next um like like i kind of alluded to before uh we have our own we have capability of making our own barrels. Um, so that's huge. Um, one, it saves us a bunch of money because we don't have to buy barrels. Barrels are expensive. We don't have to buy barrels. The other thing is, is now I can actually start playing with um, different gas assembly, different caliber combinations, barrel length, things like that. Um, we've actually started messing around with doing compensators for rifles. Um, Little nice. bit, uh, compensator flash riders, combination, you know, muscle. Well, I call that what that would be called a, muscle, but it'd be a combo flash rider, compensator setup. We started messing around with those, um, for a couple different customers, and I'm like, this doesn't that hard because, so, like, we had to do all the design work on them, and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad at all. You just need this. So that's kind of what I want to do is I want to go through, uh, big thing big the, the 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 word shop right now is efficiency um that's making sure that we're we're squeezing all the dead time out of the machines possible to try to make the most money possible and get the most efficient possible so uh, there's a lot of like little things i i'd like to, do to like bring the lines together so uh, the 556 model stuff and then you got the Challenger stuff, and you got 308 stuff. You want to make all those kind of as seamless as possible. It's very hard to do, um, but it's kind of getting beat on my job, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, there's the, the big thing I want to do is uh, I want to do a bolt-action rifle. I want to do a chassis. I do have something kind of crazy, but I'm not going to say it out loud just yet uh, i have a little pet project that i've always wanted to see a product for me for a uh, prs style shooter uh, that i think would do well in the market if it's executed properly my only problem as the more i work on it and i only work on that in my free time so i don't want to <laughs> i don't want the boss to think i'm just wasting his money <laughs> yeah. so i like be at the house So I'm kind of drawing up designs. Um, Big thing on that one is I think it's going to be kind of a niche product, so it is what it is. I've got a couple different uh, slide designs that I think would do very well. The only issue I have with those is it's going to be you're going to have to buy parts from me to make it to work. So, like the Pro Comp, you can throw any old barrel in it, it's going to work. The next Iteration of that, you'd have to get the barrel from me to come with the slide. So it, it is what it is, but it's the only way to like kind of push that idea forward. Um, the nice thing about that pro comp is like it's very seamless all the way down. You don't even know it's really comp. So yeah. yeah, we, uh I'm always like kind of brainstorming different things. Me and a couple of guys at the shop, we were always hey, it would be cool if we did this, or we'd be cool if we did, you know, oh, I've never seen one of these, let's do this. And we kind of take that and then I, I felt that I'd be a little bit better into something that we can actually make because my dreams are just that. And uh, then, we, then we kind of execute it. So right this moment, don't hold me to this, But right this moment, I have about seven or eight new products for next year.
0: Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah.
1: And my engineering team is four people. (laughs) So it's not, we don't have a whole, we don't have a big team uh, uh, behind us on that. But I mean, and when I say new products, I mean just that. I mean, it might be something small like a slide or a barrel or whatever it might be something big like a whole gun. Now I will say handguns are hard. <laughs> rifles are very easy for me so I can knock out rifles. Um, uh, but big thing with SHOT Show, especially SHOT Show is you're kind of feeling out what the market is. And like, you know, we pro, we've prototyped a lot of stuff for the last SHOT Show. Um, for a lot of different people and a lot of our stuff where we prototype very quickly, uh, in order to get shot to show and uh, just to, just to see what the customer was going to think about it. Be like, Hey, what would you like? That's the big thing is I always take customer feedback, no matter what it is, good, bad, or ugly. And I take that into consideration. So if the guy's like, Hey, I really want a Magwell like, well, good job. I'm looking at actually making a Magwell just for that. Um, hey i don't like i'd like this this grip to be skinnier or fatter or whatever it is or if you're weird like you are and you want finger groups on it like yeah i'll think about it but probably not gonna happen. Uh, yeah that was uh you're were, you're were still the only one to ever actually request finger group on
0: <laughs> i just like them for some reason i like them yeah just because of my my huge gorilla hands, like it's just yeah. it, it's easier for me to place my fingers on on something because I, I have like three g nineteens, but like I hardly ever you know have them because like or use them because my hands are so big. like I got like a pinky. like a lot of people have that like on like the 26s, like the pinkies hanging off. Like I'm basically holding on a twenty six with like two fingers. Oh, yeah, so That's- the the finger the finger grooves at least help give me some sort of. Of grip, whenever, um, like I'm, I'm holding like a 19, and uh, it helped you know, it helps with the, the slide recoil a little bit, yeah.
1: So, uh, we we uh, we we always try to take customer input, feedback, whatever you know, hey, and some guys might say, hey, I really I just can't shoot this thing worth a shit, or hey, it doesn't work for me that that actually helps me in some ways because then i can go okay so now i gotta pretend i don't know how to shoot in order to make sure it's gonna shoot every time um, the big thing i learned with handguns if you just trick like i i'm so ingrained in how i shoot and i shoot the same way every time i can run a handgun a certain way and it'll run all the time well some handguns if you you know slacking a grip limp wrist or whatever the case is now i now i actually taking that feedback i go okay now i when i'm testing i have to do different grips or set up different scenarios to see if it's not necessarily misuse but uh uneducated use on this product would it affect its reliability so you know every little thing matters at least to me um, so I try to
0: take it all into consideration. Yeah, and that's something that's you know like a lot of people uh, like to see in regards to their you know their farms, companies, and like unless you're like you know HK or you know whatever the, you know the, where they just don't give a shit about the customers. That's just this is what we're making and, and like it or love it. This is what what you're getting. Um, you know that I noticed that you do get a lot of feedback from. You know your employees from people that you meet at these trade shows and the people that you've sent out to the you know different reviews and, and testing and stuff like that uh from the few times i've talked to you whether it had been the amp or the challenger or the apollo 11 um because like you said like you know especially in this world when you have um so many different options in regards to firearms companies. Like it's not like where it used to be, where it was just like four or five huge firearms companies. And that was it like a lot, you know, there's a lot of different small firearms companies around uh, that some have like a, like a very niche market. Uh, Some are small and they do something very well. And that's kind of like what they stick with. Uh, But it seems like at Leaf Free Armory, uh, you know, you're either y'all are trying to expand Uh, what you guys do well. And it is showing, especially taking on the job of a 2011, even if it wasn't a sub $1,000 2011, say it was right around the Prodigy, uh, you know, uh, price point, that's still a lot to take on because, you know, like Springfield did it and they had like all the resources Springfield Armory has to, to, to create that, that, that gun. Um, But, you know, the Free Armory, You know, you said you guys got like about like 120 employees. You got like four engineers, Uh, you know, that's it. You know, that's what you guys are working with. And this is like the first step in making it, you know, at least like Springfield had like the 1911, uh, you know, been making the 1911 for like a really long time. This is like the first step into that 1911 slash 2011 market for you guys. So I really do enjoy like seeing what Live Free Armory is doing. And I enjoy seeing the stuff that you're coming with and the fact that you're saying like you might have like six or seven new products coming up in next year's SHOT Show. makes me like kind of excited to see what you're going to come up with, you know, even if it's just like a slide, you know, like that pro comp a lot, uh, you know, just interested to see what you guys are going to come up with.
1: Yeah, like I said, we're always, even if it's something small like that, hell, it could be a freaking magwell for a gun that nobody makes a magwell Basically, I look at my my like I go in my safe and I go, "I'd like to see this on this." And then I go, "How can I make that happen?" <laughs> and Then I go, "How the hell can I convince my boss to let me do this? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it kind of goes from there., uh, but yeah, right now, I have planned at least six uh, at least seven right now. Um, now, there's a lot of testing and stuff that has to go into that before we can actually. Uh, release those parts but at least to just get the prototypes or the concepts out there at shot show to be like hey look this is what we're looking at what do you think and then you know the shot show is nice because it's 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 technically it, it is a trade show there's a lot of civilians running around there but it's a trade show and a lot of dealers are there So the dealers can give us feedback right then like hey you know, my customers would love this or that's eh, kind of not for us. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll take that, take it for what it is. Uh, sometimes I just want to make something for me. <laughs> yeah. And if it's cool enough, somebody else will buy it too.
0: That's awesome, man! I really appreciate uh, you coming on and talking to us about the newest products that you guys are releasing for this year. Uh, and what about your dealer networks? I know uh, you could probably go on your website, but is there any like m- like big box retail stores or any like smaller retail stores that you guys have uh, uh, dealership programs with that somebody could easily go find your products? Um,
1: so we have two distributors now: MSR and I believe Sports is the other one uh msr we've been doing business with for about a year um, big thing is if you have a dealer like your local dealer we do have uh dealer sign up like direct for manufacturer so that's all a thing that you can they can do as well um i hope to see more you know dealers show up and, and get registered we actually had a lot of different uh, a lot of new dealers uh, Sign up for shot jokes now So that's cool that's We're awesome. going to be up at uh, NRA in Indianapolis uh, That's like next month Or this month it's, Yeah, it's the end of this month uh, So we're going to be up there uh, in, in Indy For NRA NRAM, NRAM, And uh, There's a couple other little Conventions and things that we're going to be doing we're always, We have a presence at most of the Big ones, so uh there was one in pennsylvania i didn't go to it because, like i got back from Joshua. i had 24 hours sleep and then my wife had a baby i was like this is fucking
0: ridiculous congratulations
1: uh, absolutely not no i didn't even want the third one <laughs> <But that's laughs> where we're at um yeah no it was uh it came down like i we i'd gotten home and i was like we got home on like saturday like late night saturday night I was like, all right, so I'm going to go, um, I was like, I'm going to go, like, sleep for a while. And I was like, it, so it's Sunday. I slept all day Sunday. And then Monday, I was like, I'm going to take Monday off and just rest and get back into the thing. And, like, my wife goes to the doctor. She's like, nope, they're taking the baby today. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> now nah, I have to deal with that. That was the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, so this year's been kind of a blur for me because between work and Three small children. So I, the 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 third child is such a surprise that uh, I have my middle my so I have two boys and a girl. Uh, my oldest is six. My uh, youngest is two months old. And uh, irrelevant. Uh, the middle child is about a year old. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No she wasn't. She wasn't not pregnant very long before she was pregnant again. So yeah. It's been. Been a little while for us,
0: but uh you
1: know that's just that's just life, man. Like it happens.
0: You got you got to take it as for what it is. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's what I always tell people. I said it's either your problem or it's not your problem for very long. So. Exactly. You know, just just put out one fire and then go into the next one.
1: Oh yeah. Every day, like how like I've got a weekend shift at work now, and they were asking. Questions on how to, you know, fix a problem on a machine, like coaching a text. Yeah, that's how we do it. Got to type this in. It'll all go. It'll all be okay. Just fix it like this. You always gotta. You always gotta be turned on, I
0: guess. Yep. Well, Ethan, man, I greatly appreciate you. uh coming on and talking to us about all the stuff that Live free armory's doing i'm really excited uh to see when the apollo 11 drops and then like i'm just gonna also say like my daughter is a humongous space fan uh so like i know you guys are like the rocket coast but like you know just a little north of us uh we have the huntsville rocket space museum where they have uh like kids space camp and stuff and mm-hmm. you know we always go there and uh you know, she's huge into rockets and I've always like loved space and shit myself. So I, I fucking love the name and it's a cool, like you can't, obviously you can't call it a 2011 because that's, that's trademarked by staccato, but like having the 11 at the end and then Apollo 11 and then like being the first fucking like man space, you know, mission to the moon and stuff like that. I love the fucking name, by the way, whoever, whoever came up with that fucking, I hope they got like a, a week off or some shit. No, no,
1: no, 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 work that guy to death. No, he's got way <laughs> more names to come up with. I, so they always ask me every freaking time they come up to me and they're like, So what are we going to call this thing? And I'm like, Don't ask me. You shoot down all my names. Go away. <laughs> so we have a slide and it's called it's called the Raptor slide. If you look it up, it's actually a very neat slide, it's cool looking. Um, it's got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of thought put into, like, the tampers, and duration of the windows. Not too many windows, but not, you know. It's, so there's a lot of thought in that slide. Well, when I designed that slide, I i was like, fuck, this thing kind of looks like a turtle. <laughs> and so I started calling it the alligator snapping turtle. And <laughs> I told my boss that. I was like, hey, man, I want to call this the alligator snapping turtle. And he got all mad at me. He's like, that's a stupid thing. And I was like, okay, like, oh, all right. come up with different names and like i, I watched a lot of like bigfoot shit on, the, Hell on yeah. the tv and like so i was like man we could call it a, a kappa which a kappa is if you're into cryptids it's a japanese burner turtle <laughs> and uh he didn't like that one either and i was like hey, you know what i'm done with this i'm not i'm not gonna suggest names or don't get it and like i try to be
0: That is awesome. I love that. That is, and and also I love the cryptid thing. Like that would be a cool. That it's also like, I guess like going along the same line as like the Space Coast, to like have a line of stuff that's like named after like cryptids, like the skinwalker or whatever. That'd be cool as well.
1: I know. Nobody loved. Nobody liked my idea at work, so it got shot down. I was like, that's cool.
0: (laughs) They They just only use you for your engineering.
1: That's what I said. And then they're always like, what are we going to call this thing? I'm like, don't ask me that anymore. Cause you always shoot out my ideas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's you know, awesome, I'm like, man.
1: I'm like, I'm going to let you like marketing and sales people figure that part out.
0: <laughs> and then, We can't
1: just call it a 2011. I'm like, yeah, you, you're damn right. You can't call it a 2011. <laughs> like, it's, it's always, everybody looks at me and they're like, well, we just don't know what to call it. And then for some reason, I, I think it was, <laughs> and then like, and then like the sales, the, the the my lead sales guy, he's like, I got the logo or the slogan or whatever, and I was like, all right, you guys run with this thing and have at it, <laughs> like, because I'm not, I'm not the main guy, I'm just the
0: guy that comes up with the actual part. <clears throat> That's pretty fucking cool, man.
1: Yeah, We've everybody been... gets, everybody gets pretty excited about that stuff, so it's fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, especially like when it's like a it's like a kid, you know, like whenever they when, you know, like if if a kid suggests something and like you're the one like you decide to go with that kid, like they're like, "Oh, fuck yeah, like I came up with that. This is my idea. I want, you know, that kind of thing." And I'm sure it's probably the same thing like, you know, I I I came up with this and or, you know, instead of like, you know, "Oh, well, I didn't get alligator snapping turtle."
1: <laughs> yeah. So Funny enough, I actually bought one of them. You ever been to Bass Pro? They have alligator staffing turtles, stuffed toys. Yeah. <laughs> so my uh, my draft, the guy that does all my prints. So I come up with a design. I got a guy that comes up with prints. I got a guy that comes up with programming. And I got a guy that helps me with general stuff. And he's like he's like a machine guru guy. Like He's seen it all and done it all. So he, he, uh, he can make anything. So we actually go to him when we're stumped. Um, well, my drafter, I, I brought this, uh, I brought in this alligator snapping girl, and when we're just dressed, he's on his back. It's really funny. <laughs> he sits on top of the computer at work. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, it's it's fun. We we try to have a little bit of fun because it's a very stressful
0: job for sure. Yeah, gotta gotta find the fun when you can find the fun. Oh yeah. Well, Ethan, I really, greatly appreciate you giving me your time, man. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope to see you at SHOT Show. I'm not going to be able to make it to NRAM because I didn't even think that uh, the NRA was still in business, to be honest with you, of how things are going with them. Um, but I'm definitely going to SHOT Show uh, next year and uh, be looking forward to seeing you there and looking to see awesome the awesome stuff that you guys come out with.
1: Yeah, so uh, SHOT Show, we were in the same spot. We were... We were in the same spot for the last few years. I think we're supposed to be moving um, from that floor next year. So hopefully we will because that floor, it gets kind of crowded down there. It's yeah, it's falling. like the
0: basement that they just kind of put everybody, you know, in there.
1: Yeah, if you remember, SHOT Show last, uh the year you went, um, Caesars Forum was like toasted. Nobody was over there. Like that was the place to be this year. Yep was Caesars. Um, I don't know. It's that, it's that one across the little sky bridge they put in uh, from the Venetian over to that other place. Um, but yeah, that was the place everybody wanted to be here. So we're trying to get out from the basement and to go to main level of Venetian or over to Caesars. That's what we're looking That We're waiting on what, because there's like line process for that like you gotta basically wait for them to call you they go they go hey uh do you want this and then you gotta like in like 30 seconds you have to make that decision like i I do not envy like you know when they call the people you know it's like so mostly it's the ceo and there's a couple coordinators that help him i mean everybody wears more than one hat but uh, they have to like make that decision like that that's the very expensive decision i do not Envy them for that, but uh, that was the word that we were trying to get out from under the basement, up a little bit. But uh, we'll have to see where we end up actually landing. And now at NRA, uh, somebody dropped out, and we got right up on the front door. So like we're nice, yeah, like we're right, right Mm -hmm. in the middle of it, like right as you walk in. So NRA is really cool. I will say, if you if you ever get a chance to go, it's it's super. Last year was in Houston and there were protesters and it was wild. (laughs) So
0: that's what I hear from everybody. I hear from everybody like NRA is a lot more relaxed. Yeah,
1: NRA is cool.
0: Yeah. It's just uh... like the
1: protesters last year and like dude, like we would like go to the bar and there would be a bunch of the protesters and they're like, oh no, we're totally cool. We're just they get paid to be here. I'm like, God, really? The conspiracy theories are true <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, it, man. it's kind of funny like that and like so day one they had like five or six hundred people out there and like it's texas in may and, <laughs> it was like houston was last year and like day one they read like just all these people across the street and like every cop in the county was there and then day two they had shrank by over half there was only like 100 150 people still protesting and then by date and also in a reasonably true case friday saturday sunday uh by sunday there was like 60 dudes out there with like signs yelling across the street and like all the cops were like oh there's enough of them. we can like let some of these guys go home <laughs> it was it was pretty fun but as far as the show itself it's a lot more relaxed uh, it's a little bit more condensed and the booths like show you go up and like glock's booth just ginormous got two stories and you're like what is going on here it's not like that at NRAM. it's very small a little bit more intimate and you can buy stuff there so that's cool that's awesome
0: man well I don't know maybe well it's probably too too late for uh this go around uh to make the plans but maybe next year especially a little (laughs) bit closer I'm from Texas originally so like I thought about going to the Houston one uh and just like staying with family uh around there but uh don't know well i know one person up there you might see mike again up there at uh in indianapolis i know he's local up there so
1: yeah i'm I'm actually not sure if i'm going or not (laughs) Ah, gotcha (laughs) i'd like to so like there's a couple shows i like to go to um but uh like i was supposed to go to the gathering which palmetto state armory puts on that was last weekend Uh, (laughs) Yeah i was supposed to go to that and then like we had it was just like it last week was rough because or not last week before last it was like we had these projects i was working on plus i had these huge customers coming in one of our bigger customers was coming in to um to evaluate releasing of something that they wanted to design but they needed our help on it they wanted to verify everything's good so i had to go through Jumped through all these huge hoops to make sure like everything was perfect and laid out for him exactly you know like you just have to do these things in business and um the big thing that i was like my boss looked at me because goes i want you to go i need you to go but i need you here more and i was like cool i'll be here and he he's just like sending like you he, he would text me hey where where are we at with this so i was i was kind of helping you know, we weren't in a place for me to just up and go to a show. Yeah, but I missed the gathering, which I was actually really looking forward to. But
0: that's one that I I, I wanted to go to. I've been invited the last couple of years, uh, but I can't remember what happened last year. But this year, uh, just like a big event going on at work, and wasn't able to go. Uh, yeah. so when you said you were going, I was like, oh man, I totally forgot about that. Cause just cause I was, I was getting busy for work. Cause it's, it's hard, man, trying to like go to all this stuff when, when you got a regular, like another job to, to go to the, to do all that. And then plus like, you know, your family as well. So
1: well, I will say PSA, uh, sponsors a, uh, it's a sniper match at, at the same location. They held the gathering. I believe that's, I believe it's called Coleman's Creek. Like shooting range or plantation or something like that. Um, I actually want to go there to scope it out because I really want to shoot one of those matches. Uh, so it's a, like a sniper team match kind of setup. So it's it would be pistols and rifles. Um, and it's two man teams, and you find, identify, and engage steel targets out to you know a thousand. Yards. So that's kind of my jam as far as competitive shooting goes. It's one of my favorites. Like, I, I've got a buddy I shoot a lot with. Um, Marcia, a very good team. We we usually finish within the top ten um, in team matches. Like last year, we beat the pants off the Marine Corps team. was really funny. <laughs> um, Yeah. So like that's I I really want to like go check it out before I actually signed up for a matchup. There is there about eight hours from us uh, that match is.
0: Well, have you uh, looked at uh quantified performances uh, matches?
1: Yeah. Uh, I would. I've always wanted to go up. I believe it's. Alabama Precision. I've always wanted yep. to go to some of his matches.
0: Yep. They, they just had one not too long ago.
1: I just, i'm I, dude, ammo is still hard to find. I run 6x3 more just about all the time. Yep. Uh, I just found powder for the first time the other day. I was super excited about two pounds. So I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, ammo still, 6x3 more still hard to find.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, 9 and, and 5.56 five, is, is, like, coming back pretty good. Uh, but, like, some of the niche stuff, like 6.5, like, 300, um, like, 300. Like, I've just noticed, like, 300. Like, I've seen some bulk packs for, like, 300. But especially, like, 6.5, like, you don't want to, and for those types of competitions, like, you don't want to get, like, the cheapest bulk ammo. You're trying to get some sort of, you know, some sort of... Pr- of match ammo as well I'm sure.
1: Yeah, no, I run uh the Hornaday one forty ELDMs in both my bolt guns and my semi autos. Uh five for matches. And like that stuff is yeah, that's that's the benchmark. you can't beat that, don't bother. <laughs> that yeah. stuff is awesome. Uh but yeah, no I've always wanted to go up to uh Alabama precision match. I've shot a bunch of matches at Altus uh and it's funny enough, one edge, one border of Altus, Altus is actually on Alabama. Um, it's the north border of Altus, like the Alabama state line. <laughs> yep, it's pretty cool. Shot um, a bunch of matches out there. I do a lot of P.R.S. So that's kind of my.
0: Favorite. I go to South Carolina a lot too. That's cool, man. Well, man, I'm not going to keep you too much longer. I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking some time and, and talking. And uh, I, I swear, I just need to just have you, like, just come on and just, like, talk. Just because, like, I remember this last time we talked, like, just enjoy just talking just the ballistics and engineering stuff with you. That's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, anytime you anytime
1: you want, man, you just shoot me a text and I'll, I'll come on. And
0: see it's going to happen. I, and I just remember, like, I think it was Thursday or Friday. I remember I, I do have your number saved. So yeah. I will yeah. definitely shoot you a text, man. All right, man. All right, man. It's good talking to you. Have a good one. You too. Little bit Bye. of bitch, my chillings. and mama? Don't worry, man. You raised a gangster. I'm a survivor. It hurt me not being able to give what you want since I was a toddler. Shout out to my pops. father, free free game. Everything you ever told me. It's stuck in my brain. Real OG status ain't a lot to make a change. shed the tears right This since so much pain. All the sight the shit that I've done, Bless not being no chance Uncle killed me when I was young, Mom blessed the boy with the cocaine. Growing up, well, I greatly appreciate Ethan from Live Free Armory coming on to talk to us about the new farms that Live Free Armory has coming out. I am super excited about that 2011. Uh, I just had a range day this past weekend, or this past week actually. Uh, where I shot the prodigy, I'm really looking at getting a 2011 style 1911 or 2011. I want to say 1911, but it's a 2011 style handgun this year. Uh, I've been looking at the Staccatos, been looking at the Springfield Armories. I'm really looking forward to checking out Live Free Armories, and especially for the price point, I think it's something that's going to be a hit. So once I get that t and I'll definitely be looking forward to giving that out uh, information out to you guys. Uh, In regards to the podcast, again, I greatly appreciate you guys listening to another episode. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's the best way to keep up with new podcasts as they're released. If you can, please leave us a review. That's the best way for people to come find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platforms. If you can, go ahead and check out our social medias. That's the best way to keep up and see what we're doing in between podcasts. We are everywhere at 2A Lifestyle. Uh, we are mainly on Facebook and Instagram, but we're also on Twitter, uh, TikTok, you know, all the podcast platforms to a lifestyle. And if you really like this podcast, please go ahead and check out our Patreon. Anything you give us this goes directly back into this podcast to make this a better content creator service for you guys. You know, it goes to computers, microphones, all that kind of stuff. We're going to be doing a weekly podcast now uh and i'm hoping uh by the summertime to go ahead and start doing some more videos on our youtube channel so be looking forward to that so with that let's go ahead and wrap this up i greatly appreciate you listening to another episode of the 2A lifestyle podcast and until then y'all keep enjoying that 2A lifestyle